Hello, everybody, and welcome to a very exciting episode of Buffalo Bills Maybe Next Year. Exciting because it's taken us about a year or an hour uh, to get this all logged in, but more exciting because for the first time ever, we will be discussing a meaningful Bills Week 17 game that could have playoff implications for the Bills. So without further ado, I am Paul. I'm Scott. Uh, yeah, that that's my fault. I've kicked my entire family and extended family. Merry Christmas, everyone. Out of like every room so I can podcast. And then for the last hour, my computer has not worked. And so, uh, we are on like our seventh login attempt here. Uh, Scott zooling a little. We're trying to get work through these issues, but hopefully, right. I, hopefully I will duck out and then come back in. Paul can do an intro while I do that. All right, all right. That's, uh, let's talk about this game, this terrible game from last week. Yes, yeah, it's funny. With all the excitement going on, we have forgotten that there was, in fact, a football game uh, on Christmas Eve, which did not go well for the Bills. We had uh, theorized quickly before the game. We'll start with Frank, obviously, on this. What type of Bills loss it would be? You and I had it more of the, um, oh, Fitz throws an interception in the end zone when T.J. Graham runs the wrong pattern type of game. Scott had it as more of the, Bills go to New England, get whitewashed 31 to nothing. Game when Belichick matches the score intentionally from week one. It ended up being more of the type of game of like uh, the the end of 2011, the beginning of 2012. They each had, had two games. At the end of 2011, they had a lead in the second half on the Pats and then just got blown out in the fourth quarter. Same thing happened beginning of 2012. So that tend to be the pattern of the game. So let's talk about the Patriots, Frank. It was yes. I'll talk about the Patriots while you try and add Scott back to the chat if necessary. I will. Um, it was almost the Teddy Bruschi game where the Bills were playing really well, and then all of a sudden it all turned very, very quickly. Um, I honestly can't believe that I was uh, as frustrated with the game because I went into it assuming they would lose. They did lose, and they made it so close, and then they they didn't um, <laughs> they didn't pull it through. It certainly wasn't helped by the fact that. Buffalo, uh, you know, was probably hosed by at least one or two calls. I don't know where I'm sure we're going to talk about those calls, but I feel like they had a great first game. Uh, and they, you know, crumbled again in the second half. Um, and they were incapable of sort of insurmounting their usual second half demon. Um, but, you know, that's kind of, that's kind of been their story. And, uh, you know, I, I, I'll just say with the call, I feel like obviously the first call should have been a touchdown. And I don't want to, I don't want to entertain the argument of like, well, they lost by X amount of points and they probably would have lost anyway, even if they had scored a touchdown, because I feel like that's one of those touchdowns that changes the complexion of the game. Maybe, I mean, you don't know it for sure, but I certainly would have liked to watch the game where that call and the fourth down, um, call went the bills away because I think that there's a world in which if those calls go their way, that maybe the result's different. So I was weirdly pleased with their effort, and I felt very good about how they sort of handled themselves despite the loss and the fact that they definitely fell apart in the second half. Uh, but it still wasn't a great game, and I don't know if I want to chalk this up to, well, great teams would have found a way to win this game because I, I really think they got who was on two calls. And I don't know. They needed luck, and they needed to play tough, and they, they did – at least one of those things, and and they didn't get the other. Yep, that tends to be the pattern. What are your any thoughts on this one, uh, Scott? Both the game uh, the, and the non-call. Non I'll, I'll dive in on Frank's uh, Frank's point. Um, I, I I for one do think that the game was was decided regardless of the 
of the calls. I mean, I, I do agree that the the Benjamin catch. I think that if you had called it a no catch and then it went to review, I would have been fine with saying it a no catch because I don't think that the video evidence was conclusive enough either way to overturn either one of the calls. If it had been made the other way, potentially, um, I do think that the Dion Lewis. Uh, the fourth down one, I think that was clearly a, a first down. I mean, he kind of got the ball there. I mean, it sucks, but he did. Um, and I will also say that um, I don't think it would have impacted the outcome of the game because we were playing the Patriots, and the Patriots always been every game that they play against us. And even if you don't buy by that, I would say that there is no situation Patriots have proven that they cannot handle. They literally were down 25 points in the Super Bowl not right. not one year ago. And they right. came back to win with 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 in overtime. So them being down at home. I would just, four points to the I Bills, would just like to them to have they can handle. Yeah. I just wanted because, them to actually overcome that touchdown. It's not so it's not it's not too much to say, like, okay, but, you have to get over that touchdown too then. And, and in a sense, just, they did because then they kicked the field goal to tie it. And then the first drive of the second half, they kicked a field goal and actually tied the game and took the lead after that call happened. So they did. And then the then the you know the last uh, twenty five minutes of the game happened. Unfortunately, we, we couldn't we couldn't stop the run and we couldn't stop Gronkowski. And both of those things you need to do if you're going to stop the Patriots. So it's kind of um, and the offensive line continued to get their butts kicked. Taylor kind of went into a hole and didn't come out in the second half for some reason. The play calling continues to suck in the second half. Like the, the, you know, Dennison clearly gets his lunch eaten by every defensive coordinator at halftime. Um, and we lose the game. I mean, I'm not terribly surprised. I mean, I am, I'm pleased that they do continue to show that they have more mental toughness and fight than, than, than previous Bills teams have, and that they are more solid schematically than previous Bills teams have. They just don't have the talent right now. Yeah. That's something that can be fixed. Um, but, you know, it's, again, there. as I was saying last week, there are multiple different skills with being a head coach or being a general manager. You know, instilling mental toughness and being good schematically is one thing. Bringing in players who are good players is another. And, you know, kind of consistently do that at all positions. So, We'll see what happens with this team next year, but obviously the most important thing is that we still have a shot this year, even even an outside shot. Okay. Yep. And yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. I I don't want to talk about the call too much either, not because uh, the the Calvin Benjamin non-TD call, uh, because it has been talked about to death in the news media and everything. Frank brings up the very valid point that you know that that can change the way a game's gonna gonna play out that would have been a, a good momentum swing for the bills uh there was certainly by my by everything i've looked at there was nothing to overturn that call on the field uh even remotely so i can't imagine why it was called the way it was and i also agree with scott's point that once it's happened you know you that wasn't the reason they lost they end up losing the game because they couldn't stop the run because they couldn't stop gronkowski and most of all uh, to Scott's key point, they simply do not stack up talent-wise to the Patriots. And so when push comes to shove, as we've seen the Patriots, <coughs> excuse me, as we've seen the Patriots wiggle their way out of every which conceivable certain loss situation, you know, it's just not going to be good enough. So I was, like Frank, I was very impressed with the, the toughness they displayed. They were able to do some things effectively, but very concerning that the offense tends to drop off face of the earth as the game goes on, uh, we saw it against the Dolphins uh, 
last week when they started out great in the first half and then couldn't do anything in the second half. This game, they were fairly consistent and effective the first half, didn't do much the second half. Um, that was really costly. On the other call, you know, the Deion Lewis call, that's an interesting one to me because what I want clarification on is obviously if he's crossing the end zone, the ball crosses the plane. That is uh, by all means a, a touchdown because the ball has crossed the plane. But if you stretch a ball out and then of your own volition, pull the ball back of your own option, to me that is not any different than a receiver who runs for the first down and then takes a step back of his own volition and then gets tackled there and he's down where he was tackled. So, you know, I need some clarification on the ruling from the NFL on that. And I don't trust them to give me the actual correct ruling, which is ironic. But you'll put it in an email anyway. Yeah, yes. we, we've, got, we've got feelers out to the league to make sure that, you know, our podcast is answered too. Right, because they'll answer us quickly. They don't care about the rest of the fans, but they care about Buffalo Bills. Maybe that's, why, that's why people listen to our podcast, because we have the ear of Roger. We have the access. And we're not giving it back until he tells us <laughs> the answer. <laughs> we're not giving it back we, unless the Bills We have your back. ear. Bet us Damn into it. the playoffs. Damn it, Roger, just tell us. So, yeah, normally we go through more of a detailed uh, summary of the game, but, you know, uh, like you said, the game is, uh, you know, a lot like the 2011 finale game beginning of 2012. Uh, they had a game against Patriots, followed a very similar pattern of just playing tough three quarters and then being outclassed in the end of the game just by a more talented team in final score not being indicative of how well they played so you tip your cats to superior your hats or your cats tip your cats too. tip them to superior patriots team and uh you know we can discuss the offensive problems as a whole and so forth when the offseason comes around but we'll wrap up our discussion of this game with the usual uh three stars so scott anyone you had in mind in particular in this uh fine fine battle uh, someone who does not get a, a star is uh rob gronkowski despite the fact that Pro Football Focus graded him at a 96.4, which is pretty good on a 100-point scale. Uh, yeah, yeah that's, he, that's decent. So it's no 96.5, but... He also had five catches for 67 yards and a touchdown, um, including a ridiculous kind of one-handed catch um, that, you know, not a lot yeah. of people can make. Um, but he doesn't get a star because um, he's not Michael Jordan and he doesn't get to hold a grudge like Michael Jordan. Like, you can't be like, Buffalo passed on me six years ago and I've since won like two Super Bowls and I'm going to be an all pro and first ballot Hall of Famer, but I really need to stick it to the Bills. Like, that's not yeah. a thing. Like, if you're really from Buffalo, you probably, like, I, I can't, I don't know how you can still, like, like, not sympathize with the people you grew up with in terms of, like, this team not picking the right guys and better guys going on to play with other teams. Like, how, 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 how that, doesn't compute to him uh, is just he'd been drafted to me. Buffalo, if he'd been drafted by Buffalo, he would have broke his leg and never played in the NFL. Yep. And he would, he would have trooped out, and we would be like, Can you alone. The Bills selected Gronkowski, and the Patriots got Troop, and Troop is about to be a Hall of Famer. Right. Yes, exactly. He would have been going over the middle on a high pass from Brian Fitzpatrick. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> he, would, he, would, he would have been he's broken his back, and he would have been lucky to walk off the field. Um, so screw you, Gronkowski. You don't get a star. Um, people who do get stars uh, include Calvin Benjamin, who I'm going to go ahead and give uh, one more catch and uh, 14 more yards and another touchdown, and a touchdown too. So he ends up with six for, I don't know, what was it, 84? Mm -hmm. And a yeah. touchdown, something like that? It should, uh, should have been 10 for 120 because I don't know why we stopped the <laughs> field. Just, just throwing that out there. 
Yeah, yeah. No, that's that's it's a it's a it's a fair point. He did seem pretty unstoppable against Gilmore on Sunday. Um, so one wonders why that wasn't. But to be fair, we did have success throwing the ball to a number of people. Actually, I mean, yeah. other than Charles Clay, who had ten targets and four catches, which is a really terrible time for him to not show up. Um, he's been pretty good this year. It's just this was clearly. I don't know if that was the, the you know the Belichick standard. They take away the one guy that you need the most. I don't know if he was that guy yep. uh, got, in the past game. Bel- Belichick will make you win with your left hand, as they say with him. So very, very possible. Hit. That's what it was. Clay got hit in the hands going across the goal line. So I mean, he had his chance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah. That was that would have and that would have negated the point of the that would have avoided having to deal with the Benjamin call. So, um, but anyway, so but uh, Kelvin definitely did a, a good game, and hopefully we'll have uh, more good Kelvin Benjamin games if he can. Uh, Stay healthy, which continually he's dealing with a lot of digs right now. Um, mm-hmm. Second star is going to be, I'm just going to call them the Flowers brothers. They are not related to mm-hmm. my knowledge. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Marquise and Trey Flowers for New England uh, combined for 18 tackles, uh, two and a half sacks, and six tackles for loss, um, which is a lot and um, pretty unacceptable. I understand that some of those are on Tyrod for running out of the pocket uh, too early or holding onto the ball too long, but some of them are also on the offensive line for not being good at blocking people. Yep. Um, as, as a Bills fan, those flowers were the most depressing flowers for me since flowers for Algernon. Anyone Anyone yeah. remember that? that? Fantastic. Okay. Fantastic. Right. Well played. That, after that joke, I'm to remind Paul that we are we did start an hour late. Yep, sorry, sorry. That's 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 my one joke I'm entitled to. You guys have one each as well. So choose wisely. Buffalo Bills, maybe next year after dark. Um, <laughs> anyway, neither of these guys are very good, but they both get stars because they're terrible. The end. Um, first star, yeah, I can steal your frag laughed at my flowers for Algernon joke. I just need to point that out. So we'll we'll continue, Scott. Go ahead. First star is Deion Lewis, 24 carries, 129 and a touchdown, and five catches for another 24 yards and another touchdown. Um, he's 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 approaching the level at which people outside of the AFC East will know his name. Um, <laughs> yes. and that's a tough level to reach unless you play for you know, uh, unless your name is Tom Brady, really. Which means that he will immediately get dealt by Belichick in the offseason for a third round pick, who will then go on to either do nothing or become an All Pro. There's no in between, um, and those are your three stars. Yep, and that was a uh, an apt uh, apt summary. So let's put it this way: we all knew, we all expected this would happen. We all picked the Patriots. It's no great surprise. So we were more concerned going into last weekend's game about the other games. And as a Bills fan, you'll be pleased to know, in true Bills fashion, every game that could have gone against the Bills essentially went against the Bills, which has put us in a lovely scenario where their backs are against the wall in terms of a playoff seed. But again, as mentioned at the very top of the podcast, for the first time since uh, Frank Scott and I have known each other, uh, the Bills have a Week 17 game with me named the last one happening eight and a half months or so before we all met, uh, eight months before we all met. So uh, that's this is a plus. So we're going to talk playoff scenarios uh, going into this game. And um, so I will uh, just – so. Let's, uh, Brian Punt hit, hit, or excuse me, Phil, Phil and I are on Twitter, on Facebook, had noted, I think we're going, uh, beat the Dolphins. I think Bengals will do the Ravens. Now, what, of course, Phil's referring to is if the Bills win and the Ravens lose, that is one convenient way to, uh, get in. The Bengals looked good last week. Uh, the Ravens did not, even though they won the game. But the game's in Baltimore. Baltimore's a better team than, uh, Cincinnati, so we'll see how it goes. 
Uh, Phil says, job done. Jags are Chiefs away. Not impossible uh, to win. Uh, and then, you know, the uh, and then lose to the Patriots in the rest of the divisional round. Uh, huh. um, so either that or we lose 31 to 3 this weekend. So many things can can happen. So basically the quick summary again, as I mentioned, Bills win, uh, Bengals, Bengals win, Bills in. Also, Bills win, Ravens win, Titans lose, Chargers lose, Bills are in. Uh, basically, the one thing uh, that they can't afford is a two-way tie with the, the Chargers, and they need to be uh, nine and seven. So that's where we're at. So we'll start with Scott since we started with uh, Frank on the uh, Pats game summary. Thoughts on the playoff scenarios, how you see this week playing out, and what you – your, and generally, too, your feelings on, hey, we're in a situation where for the first time on this history of this pod, we're talking about what the Bills need to have happen in the last week of the season to make the playoffs. Well, we'll save our, our Dolphins predictions for the end of the game, end of the, the pod here. Right. But I will say um, I am I'm definitely concerned. I don't think that any of these are a lock. I mean, you would like to think that maybe the Bengals have a little extra edge to them because this is Marvin Lewis's potentially last game, almost certainly last game. So maybe they want to send him out with a win. But on the other hand, the Bengals are pretty terrible. Um, they have occasionally beaten the Ravens, usually with the big A.J. Green game. So that's possible but not likely. I would similarly say you know, the Titans are definitely not as good as the Jaguars, but the Titans certainly have a chance. It's a divisional game. There's, you know, weird things can happen. The, the Jaguars, I'm not sure if they've got much to play for at this point. They, they I think, still drop a spot, maybe, or two in the... No, no, there's, they're locked in. Jaguars locked at three, Chiefs locked at four. Only the one, two, and five, six seeds are up for grabs. So that's so, why, yeah. I, I just for reference... Uh, Doug Marone did come out this week and say they were going to play 100% to win against the Titans. We'll see if that comes into play. Yeah, I mean, it is, it's a division game, obviously, and, and there's, there's a certain danger in kind of letting a team beat you and then having to then potentially play them literally like a week later, which could very well happen if the Titans make it in. Um, so that, that is something that could happen, but we'll, we'll see what the Jaguars uh, put together. Um, and then, you know, the Chargers Raiders, I mean, you know, the Raiders are not a good football team this year. Um, the Chargers are clearly know that if they win, um, they've got a shot at least. Um, and they definitely can't uh, sleep on the Raiders. I think it would have to be pretty bizarre for the Raiders to to come up with a win here. I, I hope that they do, but I just don't, uh, I don't know how that is possible right. the Raiders kind of ended up at six and nine in the AFC West and they've had troubles with offense all year uh it would have to be something weird would have to happen for the Chargers to win so I I think that's the game I'm most worried about all right Frank what are you thinking is gonna possibly uh, go down this weekend I was so disappointed because the Colts were so close to beating yeah. the, you know stealing yeah. one from the Ravens last week it was so close on yeah. Saturday night and I watched that game and they blocked the punt and I think that's your best hope because I think the Bengals are a better team than the Colts, and I think that vulnerable. I think Baltimore's had a run against some pretty bad teams, and I think that they're an okay team, but I don't think they're a good team or a great team, and I think they definitely could lose to a Bengals team that the Bills also lost to. You have to hope that they're playing. Um, you know, and, and I, whether, whether it's just you want to win a game or whether you want to eliminate Baltimore or whatever, or, you know, the same for Jacksonville, who apparently – uh, I think I said was, you know, they, they're they going to play the game as if they're, 
trying to win, which why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you try and eliminate Tennessee now, right? Because if you don't eliminate them now, you eliminate them in a week or two. Uh, I think that's the 93 Houston Oilers who uh, let the Bills sneak into the playoffs and then the Bills proceeded to pull the greatest comeback in NFL history on them the next week. That's right. I remember that. Um, and then the, I think that probably, probably nails it that the game to get, even if just for the I know so little about the AFC West really, uh, is the Chargers Raiders game because the Raiders can do things. The Chargers have looked very good, but you know, historically the Chargers can lay in too. Um, I yeah, let's not forget out. the Chargers started 0-4, so even though they've looked good lately, they're not an unbeatable team. They have flaws. Kind of like the Chiefs. They're certainly not an unbeatable team. Yes. Right. So I, I think the good news is, um, even though they need help, um, and this will be an interesting question next week either way, uh, I, I think that I'm comfortable – uh, with the fact that if Buffalo beats if Buffalo beats the Dolphins and they don't make the playoffs, that's obviously going to be disappointing. But I think that I'm going to look at an I I don't know I, I feel like I'm going to have to look at a nine and seven season. I'm going to struggle with what what else they should have done. And I know that's not everybody on this podcast, which is which will make for good potting next week. Um, but you know we're, we're here. They're going to need help if they don't get the help they need, but they do everything that they were supposed to do. Um, I'm going to be happy about it. The The last thing I'll say, as I just looked up very quickly, um, the last time, you know, January 8th, 2000, the last time Buffalo was in the playoffs, the next day it, I was looking, what happened on January 9th? What's the oldest thing I can think of that, that that's happened since? It said Dan Marino won his last football game against Seattle. And I had to think for a minute. And I said, that doesn't sound right. Why would he be playing Seattle in January? Well, the Dolphins were playing the then AFC West Seattle Seahawks yeah. before they had flipped over. And so not his last game, but his last win. Um, uh, so yeah. it's been basically Dan Marino has been in the playoffs. Uh, it's been more Dan has Marino has been in the playoffs more recently than the Buffalo Bills. Um, yeah, if you, if you ever want to waste away your life, I highly recommend going to the quiz website, Sporkle, and they have various uh, themed trivia quizzes. And one of them that just came out with them uh, recently was, uh, can you decide whether this event happened before or after the Bills were last in the playoffs? So oh, uh, that was, uh, and it was tough. I didn't get them all correct. I, I won't lie. So yeah, that's that was how long ago that was. Uh, with and I don't think the uh, the Houston Texans existed yet. I know they didn't exist yet. So, not, yeah. Yeah. so and then there was there were only six divisions versus eight divisions. A different era. Tom Brady had not played an NFL game at that point. So, yeah. all sorts of stuff. Um, yeah, my my thoughts generally, uh, you know, not dissimilar. I I am definitely concerned. I think the Ravens are favored for a reason in the game, but they don't look unbeatable. Certainly after last week, as, as Frank mentioned, the Colts were so close to knocking them off. The Bengals have played them tough, so that's their best chance. Uh, Tennessee uh, at home against uh, Jacksonville, and a game that doesn't mean much to Jacksonville. Again, Tennessee can be motivated by, or Jacksonville can be motivated to keep them out of the playoffs so as not have to play them week one, or uh, in the divisional round, excuse me, week one of the playoffs. So they might have that slight motivation. Uh, but I also think Tennessee's in a bit of a free fall too, and I think Jacksonville is just a, a stronger team overall, despite laying an egg against San Francisco, who, by the way, I'm glad didn't get Jimmy Garoppolo in week one, or they would have been a much bigger concern for a lot of teams this year. Um, and then you look at the other uh, matchup of importance to the the Bills, 
Uh, yeah, I mean the the Raiders, the Chargers beat the Raiders before the Chargers were doing well. This game will be in Los Angeles, which means it's a home game for the Chargers. I feel the need to clarify that because I'm used to saying the Los Angeles Raiders and the San Diego Chargers, and not the Oakland Raiders and Los Angeles Chargers. So this game will be in LA where the Chargers will technically be the home team, though we know they don't have that much of a home field advantage because of the aforementioned fact that that used to be the home of the Raiders and there are only about 50 fans who come to every game. So, you know, let's put it this way. The odds are, odds-wise, the Bills are not expected to make the playoffs based on this narrows. But with how horribly unlucky they got last week, if you believe in the law of averages, they just need some things to break. You know, I can see some of those games breaking the way that they, they need to go, whether it's just the Ravens game or whether the Ravens win in the Titans and Chargers games both uh, end up going that way. You can watch not all of these games. You can only watch one at a time because the NFL has made a decision to flex every game, essentially nine games to 425 p.m. on Sunday. So you know those New Year's Eve plans that we all have? We all had to adapt them a bit. So now I'm going to uh, drop off my wife at our friend's place and then walk to a sports bar down the street to watch the, <laughs> the game. Uh, Brian, our fan in the U.K., Brian Punt, notes the bill's going on around 9 p.m. local time here in the U.K., Win or lose, they'll find a way to cap off a generally awful year by ruining New Year's Eve, too. So think about that for him. The Bills' season, assuming they're not getting the playoffs, will end, like, right at midnight, which, you know, for him means he'll join the New Year in by having everyone lose that the Bills need to lose, and then the Bills lose on, like, a last-second pass from, say, Rosenfels to Chris Chambers because it, time <laughs> is going to rewind, and that's going to happen again as we get to 2005. So, you know, I that's... A, I have yeah. a question. Well, maybe we should do this at the. We'll do this at the end. Never mind. Sorry. Sure, sure. So, uh, going to this. I I'm not a big fan of it. I'll go first. I'm just not, and then we'll go to Frank. I'm not a big fan of all the flexing of these games. I understand the point for trying to maintain a competitive balance in each game, but if you'd kept the Bills game earlier and you kept the Ravens game earlier, even if they both won, both lost, one won, the other lost. Tennessee and the Chargers, to my understanding, would still both have a chance to make the playoffs. So those games still have meaning. So I don't. I don't get this move. It inconveniences a lot of people, especially those who are planning to go to the game. Yeah, uh, games this weekend. So but if, but if, it's it's. I think it's weird that they all got flexed to four and not one o'clock. If anything, I would have made them all earlier. But I, yep. I, I what I can't. I think if Buffalo loses, though, then Jacksonville. Well, I guess Jacksonville and LA don't know. Yeah, I, think I think if Buffalo yeah. loses, I think then tight, the Titans and the Chargers are still battling for the last spot. I think the that the Ravens spot, are automatically right. in. And the Ravens know that they're in. Yeah, I, I sort of honor the the idea because it comes from, from baseball, and I think baseball does it well on the last day of the season. Everybody plays at 1 o'clock. There are no late games. And I think especially the fact that there's no Sunday night game because it's New Year's Eve makes sense too. It's a little complicated. Um, but how know, do they do the West Coast thing, Frank? Well, yeah, even so, like they, they usually have the like the Chargers yeah. last week played play, like, one on the West. They all three. I mean, maybe they all play at three. I mean, they, they but they all play at the same time. Yeah. Maybe every, every every game starts at the same yeah. time on the last day of baseball. Um, and I think that you could have done something like that. You could have done. I, I don't think the NFL would have done it because it's such a cash cow to have more than one game. Um, you could have had everybody start at three in the afternoon. Um, but I, you know, I'm I'm a fan of not giving a team in the afternoon. A competitive advantage. I think it was a bit hastily done, and maybe that's something that they should look at for next year. Is just week seven, especially with week seventeen, because for even though there's a handful of exciting games, there's there's so many games that mean nothing. 
Jets and I don't know whoever the Steelers play probably has no Yeah, pretty much eighty percent right. of the games are meaningless this weekend. A few involve right. playoff seating, but you know otherwise. That's you know, why a lot of those got shoved to one o'clock, and the other ones got shoved to four. And it's a bit inelegant. I appreciate the the reasoning, but um, I can certainly understand that if you're a Bills fan who had New Year's Eve plans, um, and you were expecting the game to be done by four and to get home, and now the game's not going to be done till seven or eight, and you've got to get home. Um, I guess I would just caution everyone to be safe if you're from the Buffalo area and yep. you're going to the game on New Year's Eve. Just, you know, make oh, sure the, somebody's not. Yeah. And, and I just checked of these seven 1 p.m. games. I figured out exactly two that have an impact on playoff seeding where the Patriots are hosting the Jets, who they will probably be to get the number one seed and Philadelphia is hosting Dallas to, you know, is they're battling with. I think actually it might have already clinched number one seed, so maybe that's a non-issue. So only one game out of the seven. The rest are Green Bay, Detroit, Houston, Indy, Chicago, Minnesota, Washington and the Giants, and Cleveland and Pittsburgh, none of which mean anything really. Sorry, Scott, go ahead. I, I have nothing to add. Yep. Nope. So, yeah, that's the, uh, you know, we're not a fan of 425. We are a fan of competitive scheduling, though, so NFL, you know, we give you a lot of our money. Figure it out. Uh, make it work in future years so we don't have a slate of crap games at one and then a bunch of flex games to 425 p.m. We all have New Year's Eve plans we're trying to just mm-hmm. stick to. What's interesting else about these playoff matchups, and then we'll get to the, uh, you know, move on from playoff scenarios. Look at if, does anyone know who the coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars is? I believe oh, it would be Doug Marone. Doug Marone. Good old Doug Marone. Bill's coach who abandoned the team at the end of 2014 season and took $4 million. He is coaching in a Essentially, a very hyped playoff atmosphere game against the Tennessee Titans, coached by anyone? Anyone? Mike Malarkey. Mike Malarkey, the Bills head coach in the 2004 finale, uh, the last time the Bills had a meaningful Week 17 game uh, where they lost to the Steelers and missed the playoffs and when it would have ended the drought in four or five years. Um, also in this mix, uh, the head coach of the San Diego Chargers, who has the tiebreaker over the Bills in a one on one, which who's that head coach again? Anthony Lynn. Anthony Lynn. Yes. Good old, the last Bills <laughs> official head coach before uh, Scott McDermott took over this year. Sean McDermott. <laughs> I knew I would do it at least once. Or Sean McDermott took over. I thought it was intentional. Uh, nope. Somewhere. I had to catch myself. Um, so, Anthony Lynn, uh, in fact. We have Dan Marino. Uh, we have Dan Marino and, <laughs> and Doug Marone. And. <laughs> Uh, and a good chance that both Anthony Lynn and or Mike Malarkey, Mike Malarkey, I think Mike Malarkey is my least, the guy that I would have thought least would have made that list to make yeah. the playoff for the Bills. It's, uh, yeah, it's it's a crazy set of circumstances. All of these guys who have their, and they all might do have their first NFL head coaching gig in Buffalo. It's not like they were recycled coaches like a Chan Gailey or, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Wade Phillips who are getting their second bite at the apple. You know, this was, uh, this was a situation where they're all first first time head coaches in Buffalo. Now, some of them, Marone for sure, is going to the playoffs. Lynn and Malarkey are battling with the Bills as, as well uh, for this last playoff spot. So, how hugely crazy is that? That there are, you know, uh, three former Bills head coaches uh, who are involved uh, this week in their AFC playoff scenarios. Just nuts to me. It's, that was a semi rhetorical question, so feel free to it, chime. It is, it is crazy. Um, it's nice to know that we're doing such a good job of training coaches to go on to perform well with other teams. 
good starter program. We're like the University of Central Florida of the NFL. Yes. So people go George Mason, right? Yeah, exactly. So that's that's nice to know that we're a professional football team. And yeah, we're like the community college you go to before you you know go to George Washington University. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, that was just a random side note. So kind of funny to think what the Bills alumni coaching situation is is done. Um, yeah, with no real stuff left to discuss on the playoff games outside of the Bills' chances. We'll talk briefly about some of the uh, injuries and, and who's moved to IR and the roster changes, um, and at least in terms of their effect on the game. So Travaris Cadet suffered a gruesome-looking injury, which thankfully doesn't appear yeah. to be as serious, but which has I has landed him on IR along with he's uh, done. Yeah. Yep, along with Andre Holmes too. So we won't see them next week. Notice the Bills made kind of an odd, what would seemingly be an odd move in um, activating uh, Cold Anderson from injured reserve. He was the guy. That's a sign that you've had a good year with injuries when the guy you decide to bring back from injured reserve is Cold Anderson the last week of the season. They haven't had to put any major players on IR this year. Um, so they uh, they brought him back, and I believe this is, of course, going to be to fill the holes left by Holmes and Cadet on special teams because Anderson is a solid special teams player, except when someone is snapping him a fake punt that was not intended to ever be snapped. If you remember his stint with the Colts uh, when they tried the fake punt of death years ago where he just got tackled immediately by a swarm of players. Um, so that, that's happening. I don't expect these uh, – this will have too much of an impact in the game. I just wanted to say I think Cadet, you know, he was looking good. It's a shame he suffered that injury as he did. I think Holmes was a disappointment his first year. This is not the way he wanted to start his Bills career. We'll see if he has a different quarterback next year and if that makes a difference. And then with Colt Anderson, I'm hopeful. You know, I really want that to have some random meaning. Like he makes a big blocked punt. Or he does something on special teams that uh, makes him glad he's joined the roster. But any thoughts on the players coming back from injuries, players moved on to IR, et cetera? I'll just say it's a, it's a time where, you know, with everything on the line, this is when you, you know, want your depth and, um, Buffalo certainly has struggled at, at, at with some of these positions. Uh, Cadet had seemed like a, such a nice little addition, finally, uh, to you know the backup running back position, and it's sad to see him. Uh, that's those are my thoughts on it for now. Yeah, yep. Cadet is the one that bothers me the most, definitely, because Tolbert continues to be. Yeah, good point. Twenty-five. Uh, <laughs> Tolbert's hand. <laughs> Tolbert continues to be Tolbert is the problem. Yeah, and everyone keeps expecting him to be LeSean not McCoy. Yeah, I, so, anyway. Or, this I, is I, I would talk for Mike Gillisley or not high Carlos Williams. Yeah, Either of those would be fine with me. I don't even need the second coming of McCoy. That's it for me. Yep. So, all right, since we, we've actually moved along quite well, so you're thinking, oh, why are they – why are they, uh, you know, kind of rushing things when it, you know, they're on time? Because it's late for the three of us. So we're going to go quickly uh, through this day in Bill's history and then move on to uh, the, of course, always lovely um, predictions for next week's game. So it was relatively uh, thin pickings for this day in Bill's history. So uh, we won't spend too much time on it. We're going to go back to a win. I could have chosen the 13-0 loss to the Patriots in 2008 in the crazy wind game where the goalposts were, you know, blowing left and right, and it was just, uh, it was just uh, basically a, a mess. Uh, but instead, we're going to go back to uh, not far. We're going to go back to the last NFL, uh, excuse me, the last Buffalo Bills game coached by Doug Marone. 
also against the Patriots. So this was the last time the Bills went into a week uh, with an 8-7 and seven record. They had just lost to a terrible Oakland Raiders team. I, they only lost 26-24 to the Raiders that week, but I think that must have been a late score because I remember that game not being that close. It was um, such a disappointing, terrible game, yes. Yeah. So they went to New England for what was not a meaningful finale for either team other than the Bills were looking to finish with their first – uh, above 500 record in what at that point would have been a decade. So, um, you know, Bills came out in, in this game uh, and started off well in the first half. They got to Tom Brady. Uh, they made uh, – you know, they, they definitely harassed him pretty well. Uh, they had – who would have been the starting quarterback? It was, it was been Kyle Orton's last career game, uh, for those of you keeping track at home. So, Robert <laughs> Woods – Yep, Robert Woods caught a pass from Kyle Orton for a touchdown on uh, the first quarter. Goskowski responded with a field goal. Second quarter, uh, Bills get a one-yard touchdown run from Booby Dixon. Wow, look at all these players who don't play for the team anymore. Uh, with an extra point by Dan Carpenter, uh, they would get another Carpenter field goal. They would be up at halftime 17-6. to At this point, the Patriots had had uh, enough. Tom Brady uh, had been taking a beating. Uh, so he was put on the bench after going 8 of 16 for 80 yards because they needed to rest him up for the playoffs in their Super Bowl trip that year. So uh, they brought in Jimmy Garoppolo. So it was his first meaningful action. He was uh, mediocre. He was sacked three times. Uh, he went 10 of 17, but only for 90 yards. Uh, it was a dull game. You know, you look at the win probability chart for this game, uh, it dipped dipped way down. It just was the slowest, most gradual thing. There were really no big plays to speak of uh, in this game. So not going to spend much time on the stat lines, but what this game uh, was for us, they finally beat the Patriots at Gillette Stadium. They had never, uh, ever done that before. They ended the Orton and Marone eras with the win. Mind you, when they did that, we didn't know it was the end of the Orton or Marone eras. Um, you know, they, they got that above 500 record. And they seem to be trying the right direction. What's hilarious from that is I look at the stat line from this game now, like the Bills are really going to set themselves up well in the future with this array of talent they have on the team. Everyone who either threw a ball, caught a ball, or rushed for the ball that came for the Bills was Kyle Orton, Fred Jackson, Booby Dixon, C.J. Spiller, Sammy Watkins, Robert Woods, Marquise Gray, Scott Chandler, Lee Smith, and Chris Hogan, none of which currently play for the Bills anymore. Not a single uh, one. So that was three years ago today, mind you. Ten players I just rattled the names off of on offense. You know, Orton and Jackson, Orton's retired, Jackson's essentially retired. Dixon, Spiller out of football. Watkins and Woods are over in L.A. Marquise Gray's, they'll see him on Sunday with the Dolphins. Uh, Scott Chandler's out of the league with an injury. Lee Smith is with the Raiders. Hogan is with the Patriots. So they really just turned over uh, the entire roster. Uh, yeah. You know, that was the exciting I don't think I watched that. I don't think I watched a lick of that game. I'm not sure, but I do know that the two weeks after that game were amongst the most exciting in Bills in, <laughs> yes. in fan of our podcast because yeah. like everything happened. It was just so amazingly strange between quitting yeah. and people retiring, and then all of a sudden Rex Ryan and like what the hell happened? Yeah. Yep, and I remember. And what I most remember about that is we were we were doing the pod and we were talking. Kyle Orton's retirement was the big news because yeah. it happened shortly before the pod. And we discussed after the pod, like, yeah. all right, should we take our two week break now? Because we often will take a two week break at some point during January, usually around the. <coughs> time. We thought about taking it then, and uh, instead, then Doug Marone quit, and we had to make sure we had to pod the next week because it was uh, it was just a crazy set of circumstances in that. 
yeah. the, that game. So um, trivia questions. Oh, so many we could go with. With Just looking at this Bills roster, you know, Carpenter, Gay, Thigpen, Easley, Larry Dean, Keith Rivers, Ross Cockrell, Bakari Rambo. I'm just – these these were just consecutive names uh, that are no longer. There's really nothing uh, uh, nothing special about the names I just mentioned. So when we look at um, the trivia question for this week, and I want to make sure uh, Scott is coming up with an an answer here. Well, I'm do. ready. I'm locked. All right. So here we go. Here's a good one. Uh, this I have seen the answer in your head before you All even right. knew the question. That is that is some Roddy Piper stuff right there. Roddy Roddy Piper. Never mind. I'll make it that reference to. If you get the reference on Twitter, let me know. And I'll appreciate that you know pro wrestling history. Um, this person played 61% of the snaps on defense that day for the Bills. 61% uh, of the snaps on defense. Uh, with, those, with those 61 okay. snap, snaps, he recorded, uh, I believe, no tackles in the passing game and. Uh, two in the rush game. So very few snaps. What's notable about this player, he played in Green Bay, Tennessee, Dallas, San Diego. He played 41% of the snaps in this game, and that, ladies and gentlemen, has proven to be his last NFL game. Uh, can you name former Bills defensive player played 41% of snaps in this game, and it was his last NFL game. So it wasn't Kiko. But that was a good. I was going to put Pico. I was going. Yeah, that was my guess before. Although Pico would have been, this was his year on IR. So then you would have oh, okay. yourself. Then, okay. Well, maybe I would have. Um, no, I'm. Uh, I'm sitting meditating on a rock in the island here, and I'm mm. projecting myself halfway across the galaxy. Uh, but I am unable to remember the the name of this game. So or the name of this player. So I will say it was. Uh, I don't know who would have been a linebacker that was a journeyman. I'm going to say uh, John Michelson. Good old John Michelson, the legend. Uh, Paul, can it's you give me former... this? And I'm going I'm to be like, oh, that guy. Anyway, go ahead. Former teams again? Former teams, the Green Bay Packers, the Tennessee Titans, the Dallas Cowboys and the San Diego, the then San Diego Chargers. Green Bay 09 to, to 2011, Titans in 2012, uh, Dallas and San Diego in 2013, and then the Bills for 11 games and one start in 2014. I do not know if this was his start. It was. It was his – he did start this game. So it was one of his seven career starts and his only start of the season. I want to say it's somebody like Keith Rivers or something. I'm going to go with uh, Wade Phillips, another former Bills coach <laughs> that comes up this week. Mm. Paul clearly picked it for that yep. reason. Yes, that's clearly good, it was Wade Phillips. Point. Um, I will note, Keith Rivers, by the way, great guess. It was Keith Rivers' last NFL game. Um, he had played for Cincinnati and the Giants before coming to Buffalo. Oh, okay. um, his defensive snaps – one. He played one defensive snap that game. But he was on the on team. Special okay. He was on the team and had literally, literally yeah, one true. snap on any unit. Um, and, of course, Wade Phillips, um, you know, he always goes by his pseudonym and his pseudonym at the time. His middle name, uh, Jezreel, uh, his first and last name, Jarius Wynn. Remember Jarius Wynn? Oh, Jarius. oh, man. 
Yeah, barely. two sacks for the team. Uh, you did uh, recover a fumble yeah. in one game. Uh, you know, I think he started. The game, I think he started the game against New England for us, if I remember right. He did indeed. So uh, that was his one start, the, the New England game. Uh, and then yesterday he was playing Madden, according to his Twitter account. So that's what Jarius wins oh. up to today is playing uh, okay. Madden. But I think if, do you think if you're a former player, you're pretty good at Madden? Or do you think I, it works again? A lot of them are. Yeah. Okay. I feel like it's, you know, when you're playing guitar here and you're an actual guitar player, it takes a while to pick it up because it's like, this is weird, but then you you just shred it. That's, that's my understanding. As a non-guitar player, who does play Guitar Hero? Invested <clears throat> by people who can actually play guitar. Um, good. So that was this day in Bill's history three years ago, the Orton Marone finale, December 27th, 2017. On to Miami. Uh, I feel like that's a song. So this is what the lead up is all about, guys. This is uh, a week 17 game with me, where if the Bills win, and the other things that we talked about earlier, uh, our podcast next week will include another game preview rather than just random predictions of other teams' playoff games. So, uh, and we'll start with Scott this time. So I started with Frank uh, last time. So, what do you what do you think is going to go on this week in the Bills game, regardless of what's happening around the league? And actually, maybe then kind of pitch in with what you think is going to happen around the. Not with every game, we've already kind of done that. Just if it's going to fall into place for the Bills. Well, it's a very important game at Hard Rock Stadium this weekend, and uh, I'm pretty confident. Pretty confident that the Badgers are going to pull this one out. I think. Uh, I think. I think Miami's not going to be prepared for the, the offensive line. I think they're too dependent on the turnovers. I think we probably will have a turnover or two, but uh, I like the Badgers. I like them probably like twenty-seven, seventeen, which is also at Hard Rock Stadium on Saturday, uh, which is just a weird, weird coincidence. I was telling Paul earlier, if I was a younger man, I would be down there this weekend and. Being full football and the New Year's Eve in Miami, and I think that would be a hell of a weekend if I was like a cool guy, but I'm not. Um, <laughs> definitely. I think the wife and two kids plays into it too, because we also joked Scott for you right? Why do you just leave Andrea note on Saturday morning? Be like, hey, just went to Dulles, flying to Miami, going there for the Badgers game, and then the Bills game the next day, and I'm going to hang around for New Year's, and I will see you next week. And we determined that, that, that Scott's wife would love that. Yes, I think I think I would definitely be allowed back in the house at that point. Um, so, uh, in terms of the Bills game on Sunday, uh, in one way you could say that the playoffs are already here for Buffalo because we obviously have we have to win this game. In another uh, more accurate and more important way, the playoffs have <laughs> started for Buffalo. Um, they uh, they need to win this game. I really don't. My question earlier was going to be. What is more likely? The Bills win this game and we don't get the help we need, or we do get the help we need and the Bills lose it. Because I feel like it would be there there are both Bills ways of things of this happening, and I feel like <laughs> it's definitely more Bills for them to get the help they need and then lose it. Um I feel like that's definitely kind of like peak Bills. And I feel like as much as like it looks like in some ways we've kind of turned some small corners <laughs> with this team, I could still see them doing that. Um, but I think that a lot of, but I'm not going to chalk this game up to like Bill's mumbo jumbo. Like, I think that was basically last week's game. Like that was Bill's mumbo jumbo there a little bit. Mm -hmm. And I think that the Miami, the Bills. 
a terrible team and Jay Cutler doesn't want to play there anymore. He doesn't want to play football anymore, period. Um, and they really kind of got their butts kicked like two weeks ago when we played them. Um, I think we will, I think we're going to win this game. I, I think it's going to happen. I think we're going to, I think McCoy will get his yards. I think Tyrod's kind of turned, he's, he's good Tyrod for now, which is again, not a, you know, not, barely a Pro Bowl quarterback under our modern definition of a Pro Bowl quarterback. But, um, you know, I think he's playing well enough for us to win and not turn the ball over and get us in trouble, which is what you need to do to beat a uh, a bad team in their building. So I, I think I'll pick the Bills to win, um, but I don't see that the Ra- I don't. I think that the Ravens will win. I think that the the um, the Chargers will also win, and I think that the other team. What's the other game? The Titans. The Titans will lose. Yeah, I think the Chargers and the, the the Ravens games will not go our ways, and we will be on the outside looking in. So you're you're um, picking the worst scenario, which is Ravens fifth seed, Bills tied for sixth at nine and seven with lose the Chargers. Breakers. Lose tiebreaker. That and yeah, so we lose a tiebreaker because of the set up so nicely for Scott next week to destroy <laughs> McDermott for putting Peterman in. I mean, like that. I've, I've got the monologue like half written at this point. I've got it. <laughs> Mostly, I gotta rework it on Saturday, probably, and then I'll let it breathe right. for a day or two, and then I'll come back to it on the day of the pot and make sure it's where I like it. Perfect. Right? Because if they won that game and then lost to Miami, they would have been anyway. in the playoffs. <laughs> Frank, your thoughts? Under, oh yes, my my thoughts are that's pretty poetic. My thoughts are also I think you. Can, I just wanted to let you know, sixty five bucks will get you into the Orange Bowl, Scott. And twenty four dollars will get you in the next. <laughs> uh, and I, I'm going to. Uh, I hate you. I'm I hate you so much. Right now, and we're going to do flights uh, <laughs> to Miami. Oh, I hate from... you all. For one hundred and thirty two dollars, you could sit. Man, you can sit like at the fifty yard line for. And, and then, if you wanted to, like you could blow five hundred bucks. The most expensive tickets to see Bills Dolphins, right? Like we're down there. Just blow the five hundred bucks now. Let's do it. Um, yeah. The Orange Bowl two seventy. 785. I mean, by the time you're down there, Scott, we could have got you 1300 bucks. You could have been in primo for both games. A laugh. The Bills are three point favorites because uh, they're on the road. And I think that they're a bit of a question mark if you're Vegas. Why? Because they start off well and then the, they just, you, they better have done enough. Like the point is, if 30 minutes in, they haven't, they don't have a lead, then there's a good chance they're not going to win. And there's a good chance that if they do have a lead, that they, they're going to have to hold on to it. Um, I think that you're going to see a bit more of the same, I think, uh, as the previous Dolphins game. I think there's not much there that the Dolphins can do that the Bills haven't already handled. I think Scott's right. You probably have a checked out Jay Cutler. You probably have a checked out Dolphins team. I don't think that there's a lot of the Bills out of the playoffs and like hatred and anger. I think that um, everything I needed to know about Jake Cutler was in that last throw of the game in Buffalo. And so, um, which just was a garbage, garbage throw. So I'm, I'm thinking the Bills will win, I think, as comfortably, if not a little more comfortably than last time. The only caveat is if they come out and if they don't come out and, and do the Rick Dennison, have a great first, you know, couple of drives that looked like it was, they were well scripted and yeah. – the point they could definitely find themselves in trouble because once oh, yeah. once teams catch up with them, it, 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 it can get stupid quick. The Dolphins will still have a good defense. Um, if and the I Dolphins are still in it in the second half, they will try and win the game. 
Absolutely. I mean, at that point, why not? Um, so Buffalo needs to kind of already be ahead of it and hope that even Indominus and Sue doesn't care enough to, you know, poke somebody in the eye on the way out. Um, as for the, I think, I think the Bengals are your best bet. I think the Bengals are your best bet to win the game. Um, I know that uh, the Titans, the, the only thing that went right for the Bills last week was the Titans, I think. Yeah, the Titans no, lost to the Niners. Yes. Right. Well, I, Although I, even that could be viewed as a negative in the sense that with the yeah, Chargers right. winning, it would have helped a three-way tie scenario. So right. yeah. if, they, if they had won last week, then it would have it would have been Chargers insurance. It would have killed the Chargers game. The Chargers would be out right now, and you'd only be hoping for the Titans to lose. But yeah. here we are, um, and we just we just are where we are now. And so. Um, you know, I, I think that's it. I, I don't even want to read too much into it because I, I'm scared to. I'm scared to. I definitely want them to, and I definitely think it can happen for them. Um, but we'll see. I think. I think what I can say is I think the Bills will hold up their end of the bargain. All right. Um, so yeah. First off, and most importantly, and this is going to be for Scott, uh, American Airlines uh, leaving Dulles 11:52 a.m. Arriving in Miami 2:47 p.m. Saturday. Ninety-seven dollars. Round trip. So ninety-seven. Yep. I had to eight o'clock. Eight o'clock start. I'd be there with plenty of time. I'd time yep. for time for tailgate. Yep. So that's ended up one ninety-seven. You could even spend two hundred dollars on tickets for both games and sit reasonably nicely. You know, sleep in a tent. What, okay. Now here's the thing. Yeah, that that's the hotel's the killer because it's New Year's Eve in Miami. That's yes. not going to be easy. If uh, I want to stay in at least a hotel that's two stars and. Now I got to look this up for you. Keep going. You keep going with your predictions, Paul. Yeah, I'm I'll go with the, the predictions, and you guys maybe bed in, uh, Airbnb. Remember Airbnb. Don't don't forget Airbnb. Okay. So you know, <laughs> but I'll I'm for the first time I can recall I'm going to be the one to pick the Bills not to win. I'm, I think the Dolphins are going to win, and um, it is. I actually fully agree with you both on on Jay Culler. I think he's largely checked out. I think at his very best, he will have an efficient game on. Sunday, uh, but my worry is that the way the the Dolphins defense played the Bills def- offense in the second half of that game, because the Bills have difficulty enough generating offense against teams that haven't seen them before. Once a game goes on, I think that you know they might get that. They need that first drive again with Denson to be key because they always seem to fall off the radar after that. And I don't think the offense is be able to muster much against Miami's defense. And I think Miami's offense can do just enough. Uh, to win this game, and I, I uh, hate to be contrarian on on this one. I think it's going to be low scoring. I think Miami's going to win this one in a, a game that will be reminiscent of the Baltimore Buffalo game that started last season. I think it's going to be something like fifteen to ten uh, for the, for Miami. So we'll and uh, I think in the other games, I would I, my upset special is going to be. I think the Bengals are going to knock off the Ravens. I think the Bills are going to kick themselves for. For losing, uh, losing the game that would have gotten man. I don't think the other games would go the Bills' way necessarily. I think the Char both. I think the Chargers win. Honestly, I think the Titans are going to win too. I think the Jaguars are talking a good game, but I think they're too worried about their first playoff appearance in a long time and you know want to rest their starters. So, uh, but just to end on the the positive note, um, I would love nothing more than to be wrong because here we are, six seasons into the podcast, uh, you know. 11, 12 years now, more than 12 years since we've met, and uh, this is the first chance we've gotten to uh, talk uh, about uh, the Week 17 playoff scenarios as they affect the, the Bills, and to have not had to drop the name of our podcast uh, yet in the uh, 
in 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 the uh, you know you know you know what I'm getting at. I don't know what I'm getting at. Yeah. But basically, yeah. what I'm getting at is that I can get I can get look if Scott's willing to stay in the Everglades, I can get him into ninety one dollars a night. But but then I, I gotta I get to the game back. Right, you guys. You could Uber, right? That's what I'm saying. So, if you're talking Hialeah, uh, you know Miami Lakes, Palm Springs North, which I think is a little closer to where the Orange Bowl is, still not. You're talking 180 a night. So, but I mean, still, you could do this whole. You could do the whole shebang for, you know, comfortably under a thousand dollars. I think. <laughs> yep. If you didn't well, eat. run it up the flagpole. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, you, if you want to do it, you definitely shouldn't do that. That's, <laughs> yeah. That will, yeah. That, yeah. That will yes. not end well. So, uh, yeah, any final thoughts before we wrap in the, the uh, outro here? One, one bit of football. No. Uh, oh, Paul, yes. my, my thought on your point was, was that actually I think it's the opposite. Given the Bills actually played better against the Patriots the second time than they did the first. Mm-hmm. True, true. For some reason, even though that was game at Patriots. So hopefully the same thing happens this time as well that we play better it probably won't but regardless okay i'm done now uh, i just wanted everyone to know the, uh, first of all phil and brian and everybody on twitter even though we're not going to read your stuff tonight uh thank you for commenting for us we really appreciate it when everybody checks in with us uh and second of all i want everyone to know my computer is updated now so I'm all right great still- yeah well time that's pass it. that along to you it's after 10 30 I'll, I'll, I'll be my sure to delete this by my computer is somehow, so no one ever hears it. My wife's bedtime is usually ten thirty. So right now, I'm sure she's just on the other side of the store cursing me. Um, yes. But yeah. Thanks to is is Frank mentioned. Thanks on on Facebook, uh, Brian and Phil. We we tried to we worked both their questions into the course of the podcast, which is good. Thanks to everyone on Twitter. We talked with uh, during the game last week. Ryan, uh, Tracy, Jonathan, Orlando, uh, Riza. Uh, Jasper, Anthony, Dean, Morris, Grant, you know, Phil, uh, you know, all the usual suspects. It was really uh, great to interact with you and Brian, of course, too. Um, And thank you to our latest follower, uh, Pornbot Charlotte. We really appreciate you, Pornbot Charlotte. Um, You know, we're happy to have you following our pod, and I hope you're listening right now uh, if if Pornbots do, in fact, listen to Buffalo Bills podcast. So if you uh, would like to listen to Buffalo Bills podcast, you can find us on uh, B Bills MNY, uh, Facebook.com slash B Bills MNY on Facebook, uh, Twitter.com slash B Bills MNY on Twitter. You can Google Buffalo Bills Podcast, and we're with all the good podcasts on page two right now. Um, in addition to that, um, you know, you can go to our, uh, our, you can Gmail us. Don't bother, but you, you can. It won't do any good. And then you can also visit our WordPress page and we will, uh, you know, take a look at our pods, take a look at the articles we posted four years ago uh, and admire how much things have changed during the course of that time. So uh, we thank you for listening. We very much hope that next week we have another game, uh, Bill's game preview to bring you, uh, you know, and we'll leave with that bit of hope. So until next week, I'm Paul. I'm Scott. I'm Frank. See you later, everyone. Okay, so at this point, I will hit the stop broadcast button.